Welcome to the New Day Community Church Sermon Podcast. We hope you are encouraged by this message from the Vandalia, Michigan campus. For more info, look us up at newdaycommunity.org. Now I am excited that I get to kick off our brand new series on the fire values. Uh, Hopefully, if you guys have been around here for any amount of time, you have heard us or seen in some literature somewhere that the fire values are New Day's core values. And those stand for the Father Heart of God, which I'll be talking about today, intimacy with with Jesus, restoration, and extending the kingdom. Give a a brief outline in the exhortation for for this week to get a better understanding of what those mean, but I encourage you not to miss any of these next four sermons because this is really going to show you and help to communicate and build that foundation of what it is that drives New Day Community Church. What is it that sets us apart and that uh, really sets our goals and that really it is driven by the, the, the fire values, Father's heart intimacy with Jesus, being restored in heart, uh, spirit, body, right, and extending the kingdom. So today, like I said, we're talking about the Father's heart, and this is the Father's heart of love, really what was communicated throughout the the service today. I was afraid that Luke was going to start preaching my message and but uh, he pulled, he he reined it in, so that's good. He said, I still have something to do. Um, and so what, what I want to talk about today is this message that has radically transformed my life, radically transformed so many people around the world, learning who the Father really is, right, and learning who we are in relation to that. And so not only do we want to talk about that, that God loves us, because many of us grew up, you know, in, in church singing, you know, the, the Bible song, Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. And it's so good. And we're going to talk in a little bit about the value of the Word of God communicating to us who the Father is and that the, the Father loves us. But what we mean when we talk about the Father heart of God is that we can all know and experience that love in deeper and deeper ways. It's not just about being able to get the answer right. Does God love me? Yes. But it's actually knowing and experiencing God's heart of love in our own lives. A number of years ago, I don't know what it was, like 15 years ago, I went on a men's retreat with, uh, with New Day, and Israel was there. We went to West Virginia. We went whitewater rafting. I bought uh, Israel some... That's not where I bought you flip-flops. That was in Florida. So he will not wear flip-flops. That's all right. That's cool. I'll wear them. Uh, anyway, that wasn't that trip. So we went to West Virginia to go whitewater rafting. Before we got there, I knew what whitewater rafting was. I'd maybe seen it on, in a movie or read a magazine article about it, whatever. And I was excited to, to do it, but I'd never, never done it before. And then we get down to the, kind of the base camp, and they do a training, right? They get your helmet and your paddle and your flotation device, and they explain where you're going to be sitting and what it's going to be like. And so now I know a little bit more. Like, I've touched the raft, right? I'm, I'm excited. I see the river. And then we get launched into the river, and it feels exciting, and all this, then you hit your first whitewater. And it's like the, the spray is hitting you in the face and maybe somebody falls in, right? And the guide reaches in and yanks them back up onto the boat and your adrenaline is, is, is going, I don't know. It was very, very exciting. And you come out of that whitewater and you're just like, I'm more alive than I've ever been in my entire life. This is amazing. 
right? And so, like, that is an experience, right? That is knowing whitewater rafting. And that is what we want to do as kids, as sons and daughters of the King of Kings. We want to not just know about the Father's love, but we want to experience it. And so today, what I want to do is help us to see what are some of the things that would keep us back from experiencing the Father's heart, and then how can we deal with those things and press in to receiving more of Him. So we'll start out. There's a lot of information in this first section, so just bear with me. So why do we have difficulty experiencing the Father's love? Maybe you've heard this message before, and there's something in you that some, you know, there's like a wall, there's some sort of a distance. It's like, I don't, I don't know about all that. All right, or I'm not positive right, that the, the Father is that good. Right? We can all have this misunderstanding of what the Father is really like. And the reason is that many, many times, I'm not, and this is a bit of a generalization, but I've seen it um, over the years, right, that our relationship with our earthly Father radically affects how we see the Heavenly Father. And my dad was in many, many ways a great dad, but he had his stuff, right? He was a functioning alcoholic. He was distant, not always not there. He was often there, but there is often a, a newspaper between him and me or a, a sports game. A sports game, a sporting event, something on TV, right? And I think maybe that's why I don't watch sports on TV, right? My dad always, anything, like, women's soccer is on. I'm like, what are you talking about? Women's soccer is on, who cares? Uh, sorry if you're a big fan of women's soccer. <laughs> My point being that he would watch any sport, anytime, all the time, and it was his priority. That's what it felt like. That's what it felt like, right? Uh, and so I'm not... It's certainly not trying to bash my dad here. This is, that's not what this is, is about, right? It's just realizing that we receive, whether that was his intention or not, how we view the Father through how we viewed our earthly father. And so, and eventually, my dad, a couple times when I was a little boy, moved out of the house, just was, was gone. And I remember two, two scenes. I remember going to, to visit him at, at this this guy's house that he was staying at when, when he was gone, and just the weirdness of that, leaving my house to go visit my dad, weird, right? And then I remember, like, sitting in my living room on Franklin Street, just crying, I want my daddy, I want my daddy, right? And so this relatively difficult father situation, it affected how I saw God. So because I saw my dad as distant, I saw my dad as not always going to be there when I needed him. I didn't see my dad there encouraging me and loving me as much as, as I wanted to. When I got saved, that's how I saw Father God. He was, he was distant. He wasn't going to come through for me. He wasn't going to be around when I really needed him. And I, in, in the big scheme of things, I had a pretty good relationship with my dad, and this is how it affected me. Imagine those of us that may be sitting in this room that had a much, much more difficult relationship with their own father. How would those experiences affect them? And so I just want to look at a couple of different father types and show how they can affect our view of Father God. And you might see your dad in one of these or a mixture. I see mine in a mixture of these. First, there's the absent father. He's not present. 
maybe due to death or divorce, or maybe uh, he uh, was deployed in the military. Maybe it's not even his fault, but for some reason your dad wasn't there. And this can often cause feelings of rejection and abandonment, makes God feel distant, and like you need to make your own way. Nobody's going to take care of me. I've got to do it myself. Then there's the, the passive father. This is a father who might be around, but he's not responsive. He's not involved or active. He's unemotional. He's withdrawn. And so the result of this can be this deep-seated anger, this difficulty getting in touch with our own emotions. And this makes it difficult to receive the love of the Father. It's difficult for us to have intimacy with God. It's very hard for us to sense His presence because we always assume He's not around. He doesn't care. Maybe you had the performance-oriented Father. Many of us had this one. He has very high standards, but they're not balanced out by love or nurture or affection. Maybe he points out your faults, your failures, where you have messed up. And you receive love and affirmation only after you do the right things, after you perform the, the right tasks to the right expectations. And what this brings us into is this feeling like we can never do anything right. You don't have to raise your hand, but how many of us feel like no matter what I do, it's always short of what it should be. It's always less than what anybody else could do. There's this fear of failure, obsession with success, and often this super or hyper spirituality. There's the authoritarian father, strict, lives by the rules, and obedience is valued above relationship. Approval only comes by obeying the rules. And again, this can result in a, a deep anger loss of motivation, and a loss of identity. We can see God as this big angry cop in, in the sky that is just waiting for us to mess up so we can bring the hammer down. And so our whole Christian life is consumed with obeying all the rules so we don't get in trouble. And then there's the abusive father who would inflict physical, emotional, verbal, or sexual abuse on family members. Of course, this would create great pain, fear, insecurity, distance in your relationship with your father. Many people feel guilt and, and shame and unworthiness. You sh shut down you, and often try to find love in, in the wrong places. You feel that God is angry with you and that he is going to abuse you. And so all of these different father types and I'm... And, this, again, I really want to say I'm not trying to bash fathers in any way. All of our fathers were human. And all of our fathers, good and, and bad, make mistakes. And maybe they don't even intend to wound us, but somehow our impression or what we receive, we, as little kids, we're very impressionable, right? And we just receive these wounds and these, these things from our father. And so when we see our earthly father in one of these ways, that is, again, how we perceive our, our Heavenly Father. And so when we sing about the, the Father's love, when we talk about the Father's love, we're apt to just shut that down and go, I don't want that pain again. Whether we know it or not, whether we realize that's what we're doing or not, because if, you know, when I'm really struggling with one of these things, I still know the right answer. Oh, is God mad at you? Is God distant? Is God not care about you? Is he not going to take care of you when you're in need? I know, oh no, he will. 
but there's something inside of me that's just like, I'm going to withdraw because I don't want that pain. And the second reason we have difficulty experiencing the Father's love is that maybe we don't even realize that we can experience the Father's love. We can disregard the, the idea that there is this spiritual reality, that there is this heavenly kingdom realm that we are meant to experience and to know. Especially in, in our culture, in America, we love our kind of scientific, rational, um, secular worldview that says, I only trust what I can see with my eyes, what I can touch with my hands, what I can smell. That is what is valuable. That's what matters. But the, the Bible is very, very clear that we are not just physical, but we also have a soul and we have a spirit, right? And our spirit is, is meant to connect with God's spirit. We are meant to be one with God's spirit. We are meant to experience the Father's love. And Israel, I think you read this psalm this morning. Uh, psalm 34, taste and see that the Lord is good. That was the, you know, the Old Testament psalmist. He's not saying like, oh, we can literally physically taste and see God, right? But there's this metaphorical reality that we are created to experience and know the goodness of our God. We don't have to shut that down and go, well, that's just not true and kind of diminish spirituality or the supernatural realm. We can encounter that in our lives. In Exodus 33, we see Moses meeting with God, with Yahweh in the tent of meeting. And, and the, the writer of Exodus says, the Lord would speak to Moses face to face as one speaks to a friend. Right? That can be our experience. Like That's not just because Moses was special, though he was. He's great. We love Moses. But we see later on in Exodus that God meets and talks to Aaron. God meets and talks with all sorts of people throughout the scriptures. This is something that is available to us. Then in Romans 8, it says, The Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. We talked about this a few weeks ago, that there are these, we can have these encounters, these experiences with God that go beyond our physical understanding. And we can somehow encounter the living God, spirit to spirit. So these are a couple, and we could talk a lot more about these things. This is kind of an overview. But you know, those are a couple of the reasons why we might have difficulty experiencing the Father's love. So how do we break through that? How do we get victory and step into feeling or experiencing something that seems so foreign or so distant or that our whole beings want to avoid? Well, first, we recognize who God has revealed himself to be. And God is a good father. God is a good father. He unconditionally pours out affirmation, love, and encouragement in concrete ways, even in the midst of discipline. Right? You know, our, just, you know, our fathers can have expectations and there should be discipline as we are raising our kids, but it needs to be bathed in love and affirmation and acceptance. Right? He is proud of you and initiates relationship. This is how God the Father loved Jesus. Right? Remember when Jesus got baptized in the, the Jordan, 
right? Before he'd done any of his, his, his ministry, he gets baptized, he comes up out of the, the waters of baptism, and God the Father says, this is my son whom I love. With him I am well pleased. It's the same for you. Father God is well pleased with you. And when we have a good father, when we know uh, a good earthly father, and when we know God as our good father, we can have confidence. We can actually feel confident taking risks, knowing that we're going to be okay if we fail, if we fall down, if we are rejected. I know that when I am struggling with you know, this idea that the Father is for me, it can make me very insecure, right? Like, I'm not going to try anything. Like, what, you know, I've got this, got to speak a message. What if I fail? What if Cameron finds out that I fail and I lose my whole job, right? This is it, you know? And it's like, everything is fear-based. I got to do good enough so that Cameron likes me and so that God likes me and like all this stuff, right? But when you know that God loves you and he's for you, like, we can just try. We can just risk. We can just go for it. And he's for us. And when we know our good Father, it's easier to connect with Him. And so who does God reveal Himself to be? Well, He reveals Himself uh, throughout the Bible. Surprise. Uh, Exodus 34, um, again, Moses leading the Israelites uh, to the, the promised land. He says, God, I want to experience your presence. I want to see your glory. And God is like, well, that would be dangerous for you. I, it would kill you. Like, but go up into this cleft of the rock, and I'll put my hand over you. I'll pass by, and then uh, when I pass, I will take my hand away so that you can see uh, my shadow or my backside. All right? And so, and so as God passes by Moses, he declares his name. And this is what he says. I am the Lord, uh, let's see, the Lord passed in front of Moses calling out, Yahweh. The Lord, the God of compassion and mercy. I am slow to anger and filled with unfailing love and faithfulness. I lavish unfailing love to a thousand generations. I forgive iniquity, rebellion, and sin. But I do not excuse the guilty. I lay the sins of the parents upon their children and grandchildren. The entire family is affected, even children to the third and fourth generations. Right? And so often, and I know that I'm in, in this boat, we can just go, we just see this last bit and we go, that's what the Father's like. Yeah. And it's because I'm guilty. I know that I'm guilty. I know that I'm messed up. I know that he is not going to excuse me. Right? But what we see here is that God's love and his mercy and his compassion so far overshadow his, his judgment. And we all want a good God, and a good God demands that there is judgment and justice at some point. But look, it says that he doesn't excuse the guilt. He lays the sins. Uh, the whole family is affected, even to the third and fourth generation. But his love to a thousand generations, his love is huge. His love is so vast. And we need to remember, right, that this is who God is. He's not angry. He's not the big cop in the sky. He's not waiting to smash you. He is compassionate and merciful. He is slow to anger. And he's filled with unfailing love. That's the Father's heart for you. I remember a number of years ago when I read through the, the entire Bible chronologically 
if you read through it chronologically in a year, throughout the Old Testament, you see a different picture than what we kind of create in our minds about who God is. Yes, there's some judgment. Yes, he does some stuff that makes us kind of scratch our heads. But he, there are so many hundreds of years and so many times that God calls out, would you come, would you repent? Would you come back into the fold? I love you. I want to bless you. He's gracious and compassionate. He's merciful. He's slow to anger. That's what our Father is like. And then Jesus in the New Testament is the perfect revelation of the Father, and he reveals the Father in the story of the, the prodigal son, which somebody already touched on this morning. It's fine. Just kidding. Just kidding. It's a joke. That's a joke. Uh, so Luke 15, 17 says, When he came to his senses, this is the, the prodigal son eating pig slop in some foreign country, right? He said, How many of my father's hired servants have food to spare? Here I am starving to death. I will set out, go back to my father and say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. So he got up and went to his father. And many of us know the story. The story of the the father who had been rejected by his son. Basically, when when the, the son took his inheritance, what he was saying is, I wish you were dead. I don't care about you. I don't care about our family. I just want what's mine, and I'm going to go do my thing. And in the midst of this offense, the father stands out on a hill day after day after day, waiting for his son. And while he's still a long way off, and so there's this picture of the, the father looking for him, waiting for him. And what he has filled with compassion, and he runs to his son. And in that culture, fathers did not run. But, and they were, he's wearing this long robe, so imagine him picking up his robe and tucking it into his belt and running for his son. To his own shame, if anybody from the, the culture, anybody from the city, anybody from the village would have seen him, they would have, they would have said, what is he doing? He's shaming himself. Not only does he look like an idiot with his robe tucked into his belt, those chicken legs running down through the, the, the field, but that, his, that son practically said, I, you might as well be dead. I hate you. I don't care about you. And you're going to go and run and embrace him? Yeah. And that is the picture that Jesus reveals yeah. of the Father. Just like we, Luke said this morning, that is how God sees you. You may have messed up. Maybe as we were singing this morning, you know, you're thinking, well, that can't be me. It's easy to think, oh, you know, my neighbor, this person, my spouse, my kids, God certainly loves them, but not what I've done. We allow this shame, this insecurity, this fear to put this wall, this barrier up between us and God. But this is who the Bible reveals the Father to be. He's compassionate. And the Father reveals the Father. Jesus reveals the Father. The Holy Spirit reveals the Father. We know how dearly God loves us because He has given us the Holy Spirit to fill our hearts with His love. That is one of the roles of the Holy Spirit so that we can know and experience. This is to fill our hearts. This is not just 
like this kind of, oh yeah, God, God loves me. I, this mental ascent to this concept of God's love. But this is, the Holy Spirit is there to fill our hearts with the love of the Father. So we can ask for that. We're going to talk about that in a minute. So we recognize who God has revealed himself to be. And then we need to forgive, repent, and ask for healing. If we want to know and experience the true Father, the Father's love in our lives, we need to be willing to forgive, to repent, to ask for healing and for revelation. We need to forgive our earthly father or our parents who probably, in some ways, did not represent God the Father very well. We need to, to, to forgive them so that we can experience the fullness of God's love. When we live in unforgiveness, when we live in bitterness, we keep this wall up. We can't experience the, the freedom and the joy that God wants for us. We forgive because he forgave us. So we forgive our earthly father. And then we repent for our wrong reactions. And so, you know, personally, what would I do? I would forgive my dad for, for being distant, for caring more about sports than he cared about me. And then I'd repent. Father, I repent for thinking that, that you are distant, that you care more about whatever than you care about me, that I've got to make my own way in the world. So we forgive, we repent, and then we ask Jesus to heal those wounds. Because those wounds, when, if they're not healed, are going to continue to affect how we see the Father. We recognize, oh, God is good, God is loving. He's just like the, the, the father in the story of the, the prodigal son, but those wounds are going to keep us back. They're going to keep us from running as quickly and as fully, giving ourselves fully to God as we could. So we need Jesus to heal those things and to reveal the Father. And this, uh, again, it's not just enough to, to know what, what God says about himself. This is an incredibly important place to start. This is, you know, special revelation so that we can know who God is. We can know how to draw close to him. But we need a, a supernatural revelation in our hearts of the Father's love. We need to allow the Holy Spirit to do his work that fills us up with the knowledge and the experience of the love of the Father. So, how do we know and experience the true Father? We recognize who He is. We forgive, repent, and ask for healing. And then number three, we keep running after the Father. We keep running after the more that is available. Maybe you have heard us, you know, maybe it's in, in prayer time or from the, the, the stage and, and during worship, we just pray, more, Lord. More, more, Lord. And sometimes you're like, what are you even talking? Like, what, what do you mean, more, Lord? Like, what does that even mean? It's this idea of there is more of God for us to experience. There is this infinite amount of, of love and faithfulness and compassion that we can experience. And we are called to grow in greater and greater depths of understanding of God's love. And as we get greater and greater depths of understanding of God's love, we walk in more and more freedom and joy and peace. Paul, in his letter to the Ephesians, prays this for them, and I believe he's praying this for us as well. Paul says, I pray that out of his glorious riches, God would strengthen you with power 
through his spirit in your inner being so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all the Lord's holy people. And so I I cut this in the middle. So what is it that Paul is praying for? We have power together with all the holy, Lord's holy people to, to live good and, and righteous lives, to evangelize our community, to be the best husbands or fathers or friends that we can be, right? The, we have power so that we can really understand the, the word of God, so that we can be good teachers and that we can serve our families and our communities well. Is that what we are called or empowered to do? Kind of. Paul says, I want you to have power with all the Lord's holy people, where did I put it, to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ. And to know this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. That's his prayer. That we have power to know God's love. And when we know God's love, then we can be good fathers. Then we can be good spouses. Then we can be good community members. Then we can successfully evangelize. Then we can successfully overcome these, you know, spiritual forces that might be coming against us or our community. It's not because we know the, the right actions or we know the right prayer. We know this right thing to do. It's because we know the love of God and that is what is poured out of us. There's more. He wants us to be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. That's big. All the fullness of the infinite God. That is what we are growing in. It's not enough just to be like, oh, I had this encounter a couple years ago, when I went to Toronto 20 years ago, I had an encounter with the love of God, and I just felt blasted. There was a time up in, uh, where was that, Jamie? Where was that? Muskegon. Muskegon. We were in Muskegon, and I just got blasted by the love of God. I couldn't get off the floor. And there was something in that happened. It's not about the experience. It's not that the, we're not running after a manifestation, but it was in that encounter with God I got up and I knew a deeper level of God's love than I'd ever experienced before. But I didn't go, I had that experience. Now I'm done, right? Now I know it. No, there's more. And so every Sunday when we go, you know, we've got a prayer team and if you want a fresh touch from, from God today, you know, we're, what we're saying is if you want more, you want to receive more of that love of God, if you want more of those walls broken down, if you want some of those shackles that are keeping you from experiencing the fullness of God's infinite love for you, come and get prayer. Because it's like the, the layers of an onion. We just keep coming. Whether we feel it, or don't feel it, it doesn't really matter, but we can believe that God has something good for us, that he wants to answer that prayer. He wants to reveal himself. He wants us to to taste and see his goodness. He wants us to to find rest in his love. He wants us to to grasp the, the width and the length and the height and the depth of his love. There's more. 
Oh. So we've got a couple minutes. Jamie, will you play something? So what I want to do right now is, in, as, we, as we close, just maybe there's something. Maybe it was in the father types. Uh, maybe it was um, when we were talking about the need to, to forgive our, our earthly father or to, to repent. Maybe uh, there's some wounds that you know of that need healing. Well, we're just going to take a moment right now. We don't have anywhere else to be. If Cameron was here, we'd still have another 15 minutes. So. <laughs> so I just encourage you, let's just, we're just going to close our eyes if you're comfortable with that and turn your attention to the Father. And just ask Him to bring another level of revelation. Father God, we thank you for your love. And we thank you that it is your heart, that it is your desire to reveal the depth of your love to each one of us. So God, would you come? Would you come and reveal another level of your love. Father, we forgive our earthly father for any way that he misrepresented you. Lord, I repent for the the ways I have projected those things onto you and kept you at arm's length. Father, I repent for believing the lie that you are mad at me. That if I come close, you're just going to swat me.
The Apostle Paul says, don't be drunk with wine, but be continually filled with the Holy Spirit. As we learn today, that one of the roles of the Holy Spirit is to reveal the depth of the Father's love. And so right now, Holy Spirit, we just ask for another wave of revelation. Yeah, Lord, we love you.